What was the assignment? The first part of the assignment. I said, I wanted you to go and find out really. Uh, that was the second part. That's good. Uh, I wanted you to go and find out really what do you have need of. Remember that? What do you have need of? That's what I asked you to do. What do you have need of? What do you have need of? Then I said, you know, uh, when, you, when you find it out, then we're going to talk about really putting pressure on God to uh, fulfill that. So let's talk just a little bit about our assignment. Did you do that? Or you already know what your needs are? You see, the reason I asked you to, to uh, go and find out what your needs are, because really, sometimes we really don't know. Sometimes what we do is we assume that our need is one thing, but it really is another one. You know? uh, for instance, I can think that my need really would be, uh, let's say, uh, finances. I can think my need is finances. Uh, but God may tell me, no, your need really is to be a better steward. You see, that's, that's different, isn't it? And if I'm, I'm praying and find out uh, from the word of God what really can bring finances in, God is not in that. Because he's telling me, I want you to be a good, better steward of what you have. Because if we're not, if we're not faithful in what is little, then we know that he's not going to give us more. Okay? What's ours? So, so that's why I asked you to do that. So once you find out really what you have need of from God, I can think I have need of another example. I can think I, I have need of something physical, you know, whether it be uh, anything. I said, well, you know, I want to uh, eat better. I want to, um, you know, lose a couple pounds. I want to do this. I want to do that. You know, I want to get in better shape. You know, I want to be able to tone my muscles up. And God may be saying, uh, you know, that's, that's great. Exercise profit a little. Uh, it really does profit a little bit. But Godliness profit in all things. I want you to work on the spiritual things. You know, when I, I, I asked you, and you know I've been um, uh, convicting you by the Holy Spirit, that I want you to pray with your wife. I want you to uh, have devotional time with your children. I want you to uh, have an intimate relationship with me. You know, I told you that before. Uh, this is God talking to you now. And me. And I say, well, I remember you telling me that, but, but God, you know, I, I really need to get in shape, you know. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're not talking about that right now. We're talking about the, nat- the natural is not there. The spiritual is first. I want you to get the spiritual things right. All those things will fall in line. You know, you can be asking for, you know, a mate. You know, so God, you know, send me a mate, whatever the situation may be. Like in that situation, you say, well, God, you know, you see it and you got word on it, you know. Uh, God said, well, you know, really... Uh, that's not really, really what I want you to be concentrating on right now. I want you to concentrate on your relationship with me. When you get that relationship, I'm enough for you, and I want you to know that I'm enough for you. And when you believe that I'm enough for you, I'm going to release the person, you know, that really I have for you. God is a good God, isn't he? He's not going to withhold any, any good thing from us, uh, but we have to realize we have to go to God. Now, after we go to God, we find out those things. We can also ask someone who's close to us. Someone who's close to us, a lot of times they know some things that we have need of, and, and we might not really uh, will be asking for those things. They can tell you that. We go to the Word of God and find out what does the Word of God say about those things that I have need of, whether it's spiritual, whether it's whatever it is. And it's in the Word of God somewhere. If it's not in there specifically, it's in there indirectly or 
by principle so we can find out from God what is he saying about these things. Then once we find out what God is saying about those things, we have to say, God, is what you're saying about those things really for me? You know, because we can, we can find a word on something, and the word can be, my God shall supply all your needs by, finish your father. Okay, by his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Okay, we, we know that. And, and he said, you know, that's a good scripture for you to use, but it doesn't apply to you. And you said, wait a minute, it's in the word of God. How can it not apply to me, God? He said, well, look, why is it there? What context is it in? Well, that's when, the, you know, the church, they were given to, um, you know, Paul's ministry. And uh, uh, Paul, he, he knew how to be a base. He knew how to bound, you know, and, and, and all those things. He said, I can do all things through Christ's strength of me. And, and, you know, he said, you know, he's full now. He said, uh, have you given to um, ministers of saving souls? Are, are you really giving like you should? He said, well, not really. Well, let's don't use that scripture. Let's find another one that you can use on yours. You see? <laughs> and then so, you know, really, you have to find out all these information. Now, I said now, first of all, you've got to find out what you have need of. Second thing, you need to now say, okay, God, do I really have a need of that? Let's go to God. Let's find out those things. And let's find out then what the Word says about it. Let's find out whether the Word is for us. And then once we find that out, now we can put pressure on the word of God. We can get put pressure on what God has said in order to do that. Now let's find out. You remember I told you last week we're going to put pressure. I'll show, I'm going to show you how to put pressure on those things. You see? Because that's, a, that's very, very important to put pressure on those things. I want to go to Genesis 26. It was not in, it's not in my outline. It, uh, it wasn't in my outline. It is now. It was, it was this morning it was. And, and I just want to uh, go there just for a little bit and, and show you some things that's, that's, that can hinder sometimes us going and fighting for what is ours. In Genesis chapter 26, it tells us uh, a story here. We, we'll start in verse 1. And I think uh, we'll, we'll find it uh, and put it on the screen somewhere in the easy worship. But... Uh, but those who have your Bibles, just turn to it. Now, there was a famine in the land. Now, we're not talking about the f- same famine, famine that was in the land when Abraham was there. We're talking about another famine, and because we're talking about Isaac. And now, this famine that's in the land is really bad. And we can say, oh, it's a famine in, in, in Lynchburg, you know, it's a famine in, in the United States, you know, in, as far as... Finances is concerned because we're in a recession and they're laying off people and all those type of things. We can apply to a lot of different things here. And so the, the, the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Stay in the land which I tell you. Sojourn in this land and, and I will be with you and bless you. This is verse three for you and your descendants. I will give all this land, and I will establish the oath which I swore to your father, Abraham. Then he goes on to tell, tell him what he's going to do, what that promise was to Abraham. He said, now, verse 5, look at verse 5, and it says, Because Abraham obeyed me and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. 
Now, why did he tell him that? Why did he start off verse 5 with, because Abraham obeyed? Because in verse 4, he said, I'm going to multiply your descendants as the stars in the heaven, and I will give your descendants uh, all these lands, and by your descendants all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Well, he told him that because it says, Abraham obeyed me. Do you know that sometimes you can be praying, and we'll, we're still on, on uh, the first part here, the assignment of what do you have need of, and how do we receive these things. You can be praying for your children. You can be praying for your children's children. And God can be telling you, I want you to obey me. I want you, capital Y, O, U, to obey me. And if you obey me, it's going to pave the way for your children and your children's children and a continual legacy of generations to come. Now, could that be holding up sometimes our prayers for our children? You know, sometimes we want our children this, we want our children to do this, we want our children to be on fire for God and all those type of things. And God, see, can be saying, I want you to be on fire for God. I'll take care of the children. Your children will reap the benefits from you. Let's go a little further. Now, um, let's go to, let's say, verse... Well, we know that well, the rest of the verses is talking about what, uh, what Isaac did. Uh, he, he lied just like Abraham, his father, did as far as his wife is concerned. Uh, saying that she was not my wife, she's my sister, and things like that. And, and let's go down to verse 12. And, and what, what happened was that uh, Abimelech, and this is not the same Abimelech that was in Abraham's time. Abimelech is, is a title like Pharaoh. You had a lot of Pharaohs, you have a lot of Abimelechs. Okay? And so Abimelech let him go and, and let, let Sarah go. And... Um, then he charged Abraham, uh, and his people don't, don't touch him. And he says in verse 12, Now Isaac sowed in that land. Now wh- let, let's stop there. In that land. In that land. What land are we talking about? Okay? In the famine land. He sowed in the land that had famine because God wouldn't let him go to Egypt. He wouldn't let him go anywhere. He sowed there. And it says, In the same year, he reaped. A hundredfold. A hundredfold is a hundred times what you sow. And the Lord blessed him. He blessed him. And the man became rich and continued to grow richer until he became very wealthy. For he had possessions of, of flocks, of herds, and a great household. So the Philistines envied him. Now, let's, let's just stop there. Do you know that I don't care what is going on with the recession or with what people say. What has God said? See, if God says, I want you to be here, I want you to sow here, I want you to uh, do this, I want you to do that here, or wherever he tells you to do that, then God will bless you when you obey, and you can, it, it can be uh, where no jobs are happening. I mean, people are getting rid of people at this particular job, and they can hire you. I mean, this is unheard of. I mean, how, if they're getting rid of people, how in the world are they going to hire you? Because God is the God of all flesh. 
Is His grace sufficient? Is it enough? It's enough. It's enough. Now see, now suppose, suppose now, Isaac would have said, you know, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to stay in this land. It's famine here. Don't you understand? There are no jobs here. They're, 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 you know, the economy is bad. I'm going over here. I'm going to this city. I'm going to this nation. I'm going, I'm going somewhere else. He wouldn't have got blessed. We already know of, of a man of God who, who didn't want to do what God asked him to do. You know? I think they called his name Jonah. Y'all remember him? Right. Somewhere along the line, we'll find out, well, we better go on and do what God says. You know? Because he can make it pretty difficult for us. Let's go a little bit further down here. And now... It says in verse 15, Now all the wells which his father, father's servant had dug in the days of Abraham, his father, in the days of, uh, of the, of the Phil- Philistines stopped up by filling them with earth. Then Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you are too powerful for us. So Isaac departed. Now, when, when Isaac departed, he was supposed to leave that land. And what the people were doing, their men in that land, they were saying, that, you know, this man, he's not going to stay around us. And so when he dug a well, when he tried to dig a well, when, when, well, even before he was trying to dig a well, they, they, they filled a well up with herb so that he, had to, he can't have no water. If you have great herds, great possessions, camels and all those type of things, you don't have no water, you got to find some water for them. And so they, 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 they filled up the well. And so uh, Isaac's servants dug the well up. And they said, no, 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 you're not going to have this well. This is our well. You can't have this one. So he left that, that place, that well. And he went a, a little further. And he dug another well that Abraham had uh, dug. And they filled up. And they kept filling these, these wells up so that, so that Isaac would leave the country. That's what they did. They did. Until he found... So he got out of the country, and then he dug a rail and called it Rehobo because uh, it was enough room for him there. Can you believe sometimes that, that the enemy, now this is a, uh, I'm taking from this, and I, I am applying it in a different situation. Can, uh, let's go back to one of the other whales. One of the other whales' name was Contention, and another one was named uh, Enemy. Okay? Can, can, can you understand that the enemy doesn't want you to receive what's yours? He doesn't want you to receive what's yours. And if he doesn't want you to receive what's yours, he will stop up the well. He will stop up that which you have a need of, which is a necessity, so you will leave and go somewhere else and you won't, you won't have what God has already ordained for you. He'll, he'll try to convince you, well, you know, that's, you know, uh, you're going to have contention and, you know, you might as well go. Well, we're supposed to be in a warfare. We're supposed to fight. We're supposed to fight against the right people. And the right people are not flesh and blood. The right people are the principalities and the powers and the rules of God. So if they're trying to keep us by filling up our wells or whatever, there's just an analogy of filling up anything or trying to keep us from what's God, then we need to fight for what's ours. We're not going until we have peace because there is no peace when Satan has you on the run. There's no peace until you deny God. And when you, have deny, when you start denying God and start being just like the world, you still won't have peace. There's no peace. 
There's no peace. There's none. There's none. If you read Revelation, you understand there is no peace outside of God. There's only peace inside God. So when I was looking at this, I said, God, you know, somebody needs this today. Somebody needs to understand that in this scenario, which I read, I don't care whether it's famine. I don't care whether it's famine of finances. I don't care whether it's famine of love in your marriage. I don't care whether it's finances, uh, uh, say famine in your, in your children, your relationship with your children, or them not being uh, uh, serving God like this. I don't care what the famine is. God says that, hey, you stay there and, and you, you start sowing and you'll reap a hundred times what you sow. But you have to be obedient to what God's telling you to do. All this is in praying and asking God, what do I have need of, God? What do I have need of? Don't assume something because nine times out of ten, we're going to be wrong. Nine times out of ten. When the, when the angel's asking, you know, John, I'll say, what do you see? There's no need to tell him what you see. Because what you see probably is wrong. Just say, Lord, you know. You know. What is that? Lord, you know. Because we really don't know. A lot of times. Most of the times. Okay, now let's, let's say we already got the word on it. God's already said, this is a word for you right here. This is a word for you. This is what I want you fighting with right here. And some of you know what I'm talking about because some of you, you know, God's given you a word sometime and, and, and he brought you through a situation. Okay. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Let's show you how to put pressure on the words that God gives you. Now we know he's giving you word. You know how to find out the word. It, it says the word of God is quick and powerful. With that quick in the King James mean it's alive, it's living, it's living, it's living. The word if you, in, in, in this Bible, they, they're not dead words. They're not just idle words. They're not just, you know, just sitting here on this page. These actually are living words. Do you hear what I'm saying? They're living. Matter of fact, let me ask you a question. Who is the word of God? Is he dead or is he alive? Okay. So the words that we have here, the words are living. They are powerful. When it's powerful, it means that, that, that those words are active. They are effective. When it says active, it's like uh, these um, uh, ladies who, who make their own bread or, um, or some places make their own bread. You know, and they, they, they knead the bread and, all, and then they put some yeast in the bread and then they uh, let the bread sit out. So it can do what? Rise. What makes it rise? The flour? Yeast. Yeast makes it rise. Now what is that yeast doing? Because the bread is not, when you put, first put it together, it's not, it's not, you know, it hasn't risen yet. What does that yeast start doing? Start causing some change on that bread, doesn't it? When you get the word of God inside of you, I mean it's in you. It, it starts doing something. I mean it starts, 
That's why the enemy doesn't want you to be in the Word. That's why the enemy wants to get you so busy that you can't get in the Word. You know, uh, let's say not can't, but you don't don't uh, think you have time to get in the Word because everything else is so important, you know. Because he knows that, oh, if they get this Word in them. Oh, it's just going, oh, that Word is going to just, st- it's going gonna, it's gonna to wipe us out. Hey, find out what they like doing and let's multiply that, you see. Let's get them really, really busy with what they like doing. Uh, so, and it doesn't have to be something bad, what you're doing. Do you hear what I'm saying? It can be working because working is good, isn't it? But working is not good if you're working so much and so long that you don't spend time with God, you don't spend time with your mate, you don't spend time with your children. All you do is work, eat, and sleep. That's not good, is it? That's not good. Not good at all. Exercise is good, isn't it? It profits a little. But it's not good if, if, if you're exercising on your free time, but you're not spending time with God. Then it becomes not good. I don't care what it is. It doesn't have to be a bad thing that you're doing to take time from God. It's just that it's taking time. And the enemy really doesn't care if it's good things or bad things. All he cares is that you don't spend time with God. Because they ever get this word in them? We are done we are done, enemies. We are done. He's telling the, he, he telling all his, his little demons in, in the, in the war room, uh, we are done if they get this word in. Don't let them get this word in. They pick up the Bible, you know, uh, they, they said, they, 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 they already said, uh, they're gonna start spending time with God at night. Hey, as soon as they pick up the Bible, hit them with sleep! Have that ever happened to you? <laughs> sure it has, sure it has. I'm gonna get up early in the morning, you know, I'm, I'm gonna do that. Keep them up at night. Keep them up late at night. Then when they get up, you know, they can't even keep their eyes open, you know. Can't keep their eyes open. Has that ever happened to you? Sure it has, you know. Sure it has. Don't sit in here yawn now. Come on, you know. <laughs> I'm telling you now, this, this, is, this stuff uh, is good. The Word of God is quick and powerful. It's sharp and in a two-edged sword. Uh, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, the sword, it, it just cuts either, either way, you know, the swinging. Uh, piercing even to the dividers under the soul and the spirit. And, and see, it's telling us, it's emphasizing that it, 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 can, it can go deep. The word, of, the word of God can go deep. It's not emphasizing really distinguishing between the soul and the spirit. It's emphasizing just going deep. And, and, and because the soul and the spirit, you can't tell the difference. Between, I mean, I mean it, where is it? Where does your soul start? Where does your spirit start? You say, well, well, you know, the spirit is, I mean, it's in me somewhere. I mean, it's somewhere, you know. But it's the word of God can penetrate to it, you know. Right? And also the joints and the marrow. Okay? Not only the spiritual things, also the natural things. Also, it can discern, and instead of discern, I mean, it can distinguish. You can judge, and that judging is distinguishing. Because you got to be distinguished, and it says the word of God can distinguish between what the thoughts and intents of the heart. See, we can tell somebody, well, oh, you know, uh, this is this is uh, why I do this. This is what, I, and see, the word of God can 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 penetrate to them. You say that's a lie. You know, no, 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 you're not doing it because of that. This is why you're doing it. You know, the word of God can do. It. I mean, the word of God. When you get this thing, the Holy Spirit is leading you. And he's, he, he, he wants to lead you to more and more sanctification for you to be more and more like him. So he's, he brings conviction when you are not lined up with where he wants you to go because if the seed of God is in us, we can't continue to sin, can we? 
if we can't continue to sin, then that means he has to bring conviction on us when we're sinning. Right? In order to get us to move from where we are to a higher degree of sanctification. Let's look at Isaiah 55, 8-11. We're talking about the Word of God now. We're talking about that which is in us that's a lie, that's going to do some changing, see? For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Just as the rain comes down and the snow from, from heaven waters the earth, doesn't it? And, it, and, and when it waters the earth, it makes us to bring forth and bud so there may be seed for the soil, bread for eating. So shall, he says, my word be that go forth out of my mouth. It shall not return void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. That's what God says. He says that just like it rains, you know, and the grass start growing, and you had to cut the grass and keep cutting the grass, and you had to cut it twice sometimes they fertilizing it, you know, you know, you had to, stuff will start growing. In famine, things don't grow in these water. He says, just as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, you know, and waters the earth to make it to bring forth and bud, so shall his word be. It's not going to return void. When God says it's going to accomplish that which he pleased, what does he mean? Some of you know Greek. What does it mean? Some of you know Hebrew. What does it mean? It's going to accomplish that which he pleased. That's what it means. Isn't it? That's what it means. He means what he says. He's not lying. We already told you that last week. God is not a man that he should lie. Is he? If he says his word is going to accomplish that which he pleased, his word is going to accomplish that which he pleases. Wherever he sent that word, that's what it's going to accomplish. So when you find the word on a subject matter, see, we're still talking about find out what your need is, going to God, find out what the need is, going to those as close to you, find out what the need is, then going to God and say, okay, what the word is saying on this, and this is the word for me, and then stand on that word. When you find that word, I'm trying to let you know that that word, if God says, this is the word right here, it's not going to return void. See, when Isaac, he told Isaac, don't go to Egypt. Don't go anywhere. Just stay right where you are. And this way I'm going to bless you. He can stand on it. He can say all he wants to. There's a famine in the land. God, don't you know it's a famine in the land? Ooh, wake up, you know. There's a famine. He said, no, no, no. I know it's a famine, but I'm the God of everything. He's the God of all creation. He can make it rain when he wants to. He can do whatever he wants to do, can he? He can. He can. He can bring, he can bring the United States out of recession just like that. I mean, just like that, he can do it. You know? We have to find out what do we have need of in the United States. And see, most of the people say, well, we have a need, you know, to get out of this recession. No, not necessarily so. You know? That's just, that's just a manifestation of what the problem is. You see? We gotta find out what the problem is. When we saw the problem, all the, you know, recession lived. Psalm. 119.89. All of y'all already knew it. Forever, O oh Lord, come on, your word is settled in heaven. Is it? Is it settled? 
It didn't say it was settled on the earth. That's going to, that earth is going, you know, because the earth, this earth is going to pass away. We're going to get on a new heaven, a new earth. He says, forever settled in heaven. How long is forever? Forever. Forever. It's forever. See, so all I'm doing is just trying to, trying to uh, uh, encourage us today that you need to find, in these times of need, you need to find out what really truly the need is. And then you need to find out, uh, you know, God, the, you know, this is what your word says about this need, but this is the word for me. And then if he said that word is for you, then you can stand on it because his word not going to turn void. You can stand on it because his word is forever set in heaven. You can stand on it because, you know, our thoughts are not his thoughts, our ways are not his way, so don't, we can't be thinking that. You know, it's just like uh, the, the, the apostle said, you know, hey, I, you know, we've been fishing all night. We know we haven't caught anything. He said, lunch on out, lunch on out, you know, throw your nets over the side, you know. He said, but you don't understand. We've been fishing all night. I'm a fisherman. You're not a fisherman. I'm a fisherman. I've been fishing all night. No fish. No fish. Do you understand? No fish. He said, launch on out. Just do what I tell you to do. He's the God of all creation, isn't he? He can tell, you know, the ravens that feed this person. He can, he can, he can do whatever he wants to do it. Don't you think that our problem is too hard for God? It's not too hard for God. I don't care what the, the, uh, Spiritual problem is, this, uh, natural problem is. I don't care, you know, what the world says about it. The world can say, oh, you know, this problem right here, you have that for the rest of your life. Says who? Well, I can tell you, you're going to have because we've done research, you're going to have this problem all your life, you know? Well, let's find out what God says about this thing. Because God, He can, He can do things that man can't do. Is that correct? That's right. So don't settle for what man has said. But you got to find out now what God is saying, and then you have to stand and, and press into it. Okay? Now let's, let's show you a little bit how to put pressure on this word now. Now we know, we know now, see, all I, I, I was doing is just wetting your appetite here as far as uh, uh, what the word of God is, so you know the word of God is powerful. If we find a word on it, we got it. Let's go to Exodus 33. We're going to show you how to put pressure on it, and then we'll go to James. This is the next assignment I gave you. Exodus 33, he asked, Moses asked in verse 18, uh, I pray you show me your glory. And he said, oh, I must. And he said, I myself will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show compassion on whom I will show compassion. But... He said, I, you cannot see my face, nor can, no man can see me and live. Then the Lord said, behold, there is a place by me, and you shall stand on the rock, and it will be come about when my glory passes by, that I will put my, put you in the cleft for the rock and cover you with my hand until you pass by, till I have passed by. Then I will take my hand away and you can see my back. But my face shall not be seen. Now, we know that. We've, we've gone over that before. You've, you've read that before. Now it says in verse 34. Let's go down to verse 6. Then the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed. Now this is very important right here. This is what, what I want to get it to. He proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, Abounding in love and kindness, truth and truth. He keeps love and kindness for thousands who forgives iniquity and transgression and sin. 
Do you understand what the Lord is saying about himself? Huh? You got you to understand now, when the Lord says something, his word is not going to return void. Finish it for me. It will accomplish that which he pleases. And, and it's gonna, isn't it going to accomplish that which he pleases? Okay, it's going to accomplish it. And wh- he, wherever he sends his word for, it's not going to return void. It's just not. So when you start reading something in the Bible, and you, you start reading this, and God said, this is for you. You know, this is for you. Sometimes, you know, something jump out of you and say, woo, man, this is good right here. God, is this for me? He said, that's for you. Then you say, okay, God, I got it. This is in me. Yet he by, will by no means leave the guilt unpunished, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. That's the word of God. Now, let's go to another place here in Numbers. And let's see how, how to put pressure on that word right there. Let's see, that's the word of God right there, right? I just read, was that the word? That was a word, okay? Let's show you how to put pressure on that. Let's go to Numbers 14. Now, this is an account of where the, 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 uh, spies have gone out. They spied over the land. And they've come back. And they, um, they complaining. They're complaining about the, about the giants there. They complain about, oh, we became grasshoppers. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, you know. Now, in verse 1 of 14, then all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. Now, that's, that's, a, that's important for you to understand as parents. Parents, don't start complaining in the household until you're in, in, you hearing of your children's ears. Man, we're in a recession. Or, you know, we just don't know what we're going to do, you know. How we just, because the children will pick up this thing, and they'll start crying. Now, these are big children, aren't they? <laughs> here, but they were weeping, weren't they? They were weeping. All the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, "We would that we would die in the land of Egypt, or would have died in this wilderness. Why did you bring us out from this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones, and uh, we'll become plunder. It would be if it would have been better off to return to Egypt." So they said to one another, "Let's appoint a leader and return to Egypt." It's not good to be a leader, is it? Because when, 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 when the people get mad at you, then, whew, you know, uh, they kind of want to turn against you. Let's find out what to do about this word now that we hear it. Now, we know that Joshua and Caleb said, hey, don't do this thing. Don't do this thing. We, we, can, we can take them because they're, they're, all their power is gone. If God is for us, who's going to be against us? All those type, type of confessions that we can make, you know. He said, only do not rebel in verse 9. Against the Lord. And do not fear the people of the land, for they shall be prey. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. But the whole congregation said, To stone them with stones. Then the glory of the Lord appeared in a tent of meeting to all the sons of Israel. How many want the glory of the Lord? Come. Okay. The glory of the Lord is good, isn't it? It's good when we're doing good. (laughs) <laughs> if the glory of the Lord comes and we're not doing so good, you know, he comes because of like this, he, he hearing us murmuring and complaining, you know, about situations, you know, that's not good, you see. The Lord said to Moses, how long will this people spurn me? How long will they not believe me? This, despite all the signs which I performed in their midst, I will smite them with a pestilence and despair. But this dispossess them, and I will make you into a nation greater and mightier than they. Okay, 
Here it is right here now. This is how to fight. This is how to fight now. Everybody, everybody, open your eyes. This is how to fight now. But Moses said to the Lord, Then the Egyptians will hear of it. For by your strength you brought this, up this people from their midst, and they will tell it to the inhabitants of the land. They have heard of you, O Lord, are, are, you know, are in the midst of this people. For you, O Lord, are seen eye to eye while your cloud stands over them, and you go before them in a pillar of, pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. Now, if you say to this people as one man, if you slay this people as one man, then the nations who have heard about your fame will say, because the Lord could not bring this people into the land which he had promised them an oath, therefore he slaughtered them in the wilderness. He's, he's kind of uh, trying to mediate, standing the gap in the seed for the people, isn't it? Isn't he doing that? Okay, but listen to this now. Verse 18, are your eyes open? Are your ears open? Listen to what he says. Let's see, have you heard this before? Now he said, he, he said now, he said in verse 17, but now I pray, let the power of the Lord be great. Just as you have declared. Uh oh. He's getting ready to say something, isn't he? Just as you, you have declared. What is he getting ready to say? He's getting ready to quote back something that the Lord has already said. Right? Listen to what he said. The Lord is slow to anger and abound, abundant in love and kindness, forgiving iniquity and transgression. But he by no means will clear the gifts of visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation. Have you heard it before? Who said it? When did he say it? He was talking to Moses. He said it, didn't he? He said it. He said it about himself. He said it about himself. Who is he talking to? He was talking to Moses. So who is he talking to? Who is Moses talking to now? God. So what is Moses telling God? Well, God has already told him. So when you put pressure on the word, when you start fighting, what are you going to do? You find the word on the situation. You find out whether that word is for you. And when that word is for you, you can stand on it. You can bank on it because... God, word not going to return void. It's going to accomplish that which He pleases. It's going to prosper to where He sent it. His word is forever settled in heaven. So therefore, if you can just find out what God has said about your situation, if you can find out about it, you can just stand on it and you say, "God, you said," and, and you know, uh, it's a doc- the doctor said about this, Lord, but you said, Lord. You see what I'm saying? That's what one of the kings said. One of the kings, uh, uh, the, 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 this uh, uh, evil king came out against him, the king of, uh, king of Judah. He said, he said look, uh, he said, God, here's this letter they sent. He laid it out before God. Look at what they're saying, God, about you. Look what they're saying about you, God. You're not like that, God. You know, God, I'm going to stand on you. My eyes are upon you, God. We're trusting in you. God shows up. God shows up. Isn't that good? You can put pressure on it. You can put pressure on it. See, Moses has some sense. Moses said, look, you know, what kind of, let me ask you something. What kind of power do you think we're going to have is in our world? Is that, the guy said, the guy said, you know, Jason, Rousey, your word's not going to return void. It's forever settled in heaven. He's never said anything like that, will it? 
He never will, will he? Because our words are what? Empty, they're void. We're men and we, you know, we'll say anything. Right? What is he looking for? His word. He's looking for his word. That's why you gotta know his word. And if you know what he said about your children, if you know what he said about you, then you can, you, you can go for it. You don't have to listen to no, no crazy person tell you, you know, uh, about, well, you know, no, 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 nobody wants you anyway, you know. Uh, you might as well, you know, uh, uh, marry me, you know. What? You know, come on, you know. You know, people, people tell, tell people, how old are you, you know? Oh, you know, you're getting up there in age. When are you going to get married, you know? Just start telling them what God told you, you know? You know God told me that, you know, to, to, to be, um, you know, content with, it, with Him, ministering to Him, adoring Him, before Him, and He'll bring my mate in due time. And if you have problems with it, you talk to God, you know? I mean, you gotta, you gotta, you can't be listening to all that stuff because after a while, when you listen to stuff, you start believing stuff. You know? That's how you put pressure on something. Now, let's go to James. You say, wait a minute, man. Come on, we can't go to James now. It's 12 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just thought that, that, you know, what we're, I wanted to keep my word. What I said, I said that we're gonna show you how to fight. There's no need for you know Minerva stood up and gave a word. You know, there's no need to give a word if, if, if you know everybody forgot it. They don't know what it said. You know, and, and nobody talks about it. Nothing happens. You know, um, but if she said that you put pressure on things, then you put pressure on things, right? But you need to know how, right? You cannot say anymore. I don't know how God to find your will and your purpose for my life. That will be a lie, and you will not be truthful, because you can find out the purpose for your life, because the purpose for your life is in here and in you, because the Holy Spirit is in you. All you have to do is tap into who has your purpose. And, and you find out what your purpose is, you say, God, God, give me a word on that thing. God will send you a prophetic word. <laughs> because a prophetic word is a good word, isn't it? You know, but you, you know, you have to, you have to test all things, you know, uh, keep that which is good, you know, throw it, throw it that is not good, you know. Uh, uh, but the prophetic word is good because, uh, you know, a lot of the Bible is, is prophetic also. You know, you can be thinking about something and they say, God, God, nobody knows about you. God, this is what I want. This is what right here. This is what I think. I don't know God. You got to, God, give me a witness. Give me a, some kind of confirmation. And here's a person who don't even know you. You know, I think, you know, I don't know about it, but this is what I hear God saying. God saying this right here, you know, you know, does that witness with you? And you, you know, you start crying. You say, oh God, you know, God knows how to get a, a, a now word to you. You see, he knows how to get a now word to you. That's why you got to be open to the prophetic. You, you, you just can't now. You just say, well, all I need is the word of God. That's all I need. I don't need no, no gifts. Well, you're a fool. Okay. Honest. I mean, I'm telling you what the Bible says. The Bible calls foolish, right? Okay. Uh, I'll be foolish if I, was, if I did not want anything to do with the spiritual gifts. I'll be foolish. Why would I be foolish? Because they're the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Anybody that don't want the gifts of the Holy Spirit are foolish. Do you hear what I'm saying? Do you hear what I'm saying? Why? The Holy Spirit is God. Is it? You're saying you don't want part of what God has for you. 
Come on. Now we might we might understand the gifts. Then that's then then now this is a whole different ball game. I tell people, hey, what you want to do? You want everything that God has for you. Now you need to find out about it. You need to read about it. You need to uh, study on it. You need to ask questions about it because you don't want to be doing something just because somebody else is doing something. You don't want to sound like some because somebody else is sound like some. You don't want to be a parakeet mimicking somebody. All you want is true gifts, right? That's what you want. That's what you want. Yeah. And so therefore, uh, that's what I'm saying. Do y'all love me? Okay, three. All right. I love all of you. Okay? I love all of you. But I'm going to tell you the truth. Because the truth will set you free. Okay? James. We're going we're gonna to just start in James. You know we're not going to finish going anywhere in James, Harlan. Because with James, we're going to be going through James for a while. Now, let's just look at the backdrop a little bit. Now, for James, first... And Second Peter, First, Second, Third John, Jude; those were called by the early church the general, general epistles, or, or universal, or Catholic uh, epistles, because they were they were not to just uh, be read only by this particular church that, it, that that he sent it to. It was to be read by all the different churches around. Okay. Now. Also, we know that the, the author of that is, is a, bears the name of the letter, or the epistle. Epistle means letter. James. But there are a lot of James. We're talking about James, the half-brother of Jesus. Okay? Now, it was written primarily to Jewish Christians who have been scattered abroad. Now, this particular uh, uh, epistle, and epistle means what? Letter. Uh, was not written to tell you all the good news about, you know, our redemption, our, the, the incarnation, or the resurrection. These things are not mentioned, you know, in James. See, James is interested in the fruit rather than the root. So he's not going to talk about how to become a believer. He's going to be talking about, because that's understood to the people he's talk, talking about, he's going to be talking about what do you do once you become a believer? How do you go on from one point of sanctification to another, from holiness to holiness? How do you, how do, you do that? That's what he's talking about. He's talking about the manifestations of your Christianity. A lot of people say, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. Well, if you're a Christian, I want to see what you do. I want to see... Where you go, I want to hear what you, you're saying, because then I'm looking at hearing the what? Fruit, and not just the root of what you're saying that I'm a Christian. Okay? That's what James is interested in. So it's a, a book that's very important, uh, a letter that's very important to us, okay? Now, also, there's not a lot of doctrine that's in the book either. Uh, and I'm not talking about just teaching. I'm talking about really the, the founding doctrines of the church. But the purpose is to correct faults, to instruct the wavering, to instill discipline, to rebuke the backsliding, to encourage the genuine godliness uh, in, in, in the church throughout the redeemed fellowship. That's what he's called to do to those who are scattered abroad. The most publicized problem of James 
or, you know, dealing with what other people say, is that the seemingly contradiction between Paul, what Paul is saying and what James is saying. Matter of fact, Martin Luther had problems with James because Martin Luther, we know he, one of his main emphasis was, was what? Was grace. Okay? Apart from many works, was all. Just grace is sufficient. Okay? And see, Paul was saying similar. Let's look at Romans chapter 3, verse 28. It says that, for we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from works of the law. That's what Paul said. So it seems though, when James, you know, is, uh, is saying in, in chapter 2, verse 24, you see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone, you can see how somebody say, well, seems like that's contradicting one another, you know? But it's really not contradicting. It's, it's important to understand what they meant by what they said. See, faith to Paul was a trust that cannot exist without obedience. See, when Paul was talking about uh, trust in God, which is faith, he's talking about it's already understood that you don't even have any faith if you're not going to obey. It, it was understood, you know. So that's why he didn't say it. He just said, you know, faith's going to stand alone without works of the law. Galatians. Chapter 5, verse 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything but faith working through love. Now, James also contended, that's what Paul said now. What James contended that faith was not a magic formula. It's not a magic formula. He said that faith must have works to demonstrate its genuineness. And his power to produce effects. Otherwise, it's dead. In other words, Paul and James are saying the same thing, really. And they are coming against the same enemy, which is the devil. It was just that they said it in different ways. That's all. That's all they said in different ways. We know that Paul did not mean that all you have to do is have faith. Just trust God. Don't worry about obedience. Do what you want to do. Be just like the world. You're going to heaven. You know Paul didn't mean that. Hard as Paul was on his audience. I mean, come on. Paul was preaching. He was preaching. Uh, uh, one night, he was preaching, 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 preaching. Just, I mean, he was, I mean, oh man, he was, he was going into the man sitting in the window. And he fell out in the window because he fell asleep. And, and he lost his balance and poof, right on, on the ground. And Paul went out and, 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 and raised a man from the dead. And you think that he'll say, okay, that's enough for tonight. Paul went right back in and started preaching again until morning. You know? Paul, I mean, he, he's, he's pretty serious dude. You know? So you know he just didn't mean that. Okay? See, the readers of, the, of, of James, they were already familiar with the Old Testament because Jews were already familiar with the Old Testament. They knew that Jesus was a fulfillment of redemption. They already believed on him. They were suffering for their faith. They needed no new doctrine. They needed steadfastness. You remember we talked about persevering in your faith? They needed steadfastness in what was already 
known and experienced. So that's why it goes right into uh, chapter 1, verse 1. It says, James, a bondservant. And when it says bondservant, that bondservant is a do loss. Uh, you know, he, he, we want to be served. We want to serve the Lord. We want to serve him. We don't want to go nowhere else. We don't want to serve ourselves. We don't, we don't want to serve the enemy. We don't want to serve the world. And of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now he said, he said two things here. He said, I'm a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, why did he say that? That's why I asked you all to read. I said, read James. And when you read James, what I want you to do, as you're reading, I want you to ask questions. I want you to meditate on it. You know, that's one of the, one of the seven priorities. Somebody tell me what they are on, on that one, the MMs. The MMs, come on, come on, come on, give it to me. Memorizing and meditation. I want you to meditate on this. See, meditate on Now, you said that. See, don't just read over James, the bond servant of God, and Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes. You know, and see, and say, you know, you, man, you read through James in 15 minutes, huh? Uh, I, I'm not interested in that. I'm, I'm interested in you reading, studying, meditating on, and memorizing those things that God stand out to you, God brings to you and say, hey, that's a good scripture I want you to memorize. You're going to need that next year. You see? Now, he was saying that because he wanted readers to really understand that, that, yes, I'm a servant of God, but he's talking to Jews, right? Jewish Christians. I'm a servant of God, yes, but also of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, that uh, don't think for one minute because you might have some Jews in the congregation that uh, this, this, this letter is being read to that, uh, that, that haven't really yet believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Messiah come already. And so I want you to let, let you know already that I'm not only a bondservant of God, but also of Jesus Christ. Let it be understand they are one. They are God. Okay? A little bit of theology, isn't it? To the twelve tribes who are dispersed of Jordan. What do you mean twelve tribes? What are you talking about? Uh, Native Americans? What are we talking about? Twelve tribes. Huh? We're talking about Israel. There, there are twelve of them, right? Okay? If I ask you to name them next week, you can name them, right? Okay? Asher's one of them because he's in here, right? Where's Asher? Asher's in here. Asher. There you go, Asher. That's one of the tribes. Asher. Okay? Yeah. See, in other words, just, you know, don't just read over because if you're reading it to your children, I hope, I, I just hope one of, one of them say, hey, wait a minute, hold. Hey, mama. Hey, dad. What do you mean 12 tribes? Who are they? Be quiet and listen. Don't say that, you know. <laughs> Don't take them to the, take them out. Okay, let me, let me, let me take it right to the 12 tribes and let's go back here. Let me show you who they are. Okay. Whose children, whose children are they when it's have 12, 12 tribes? Huh? Jacob. Okay. By, by one wife or two? Okay. <laughs> by, Two wives and two concubines, right? <laughs> okay? Good. They can call them wives. It's all right. Okay. Y'all are pretty good. Y'all are pretty good. Who had the first one? Rachel or one of the concubines or Leah? Okay. All right. Y'all are pretty good. Y'all are pretty good. We're going to stop here. We got a long ways. 
in James today. We got to the first verse, you know, first verse. Next week, we're going to pick it up right there. And we're going to verse 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, right on down till we finish James. Y'all don't mind, do you? It's, it's okay to have a word. I, I was reading, my, in my devotion, I'm reading in Revelations. But I was reading through the whole Bible. And I finished the Old Testament, uh, finished most of the New Testament. And um, so, again, so, and, and I, I was reluctant to get to Revelations and read Revelation. I skipped over. I, I got, went to Jude, and then I stopped and went back somewhere else. Because Revelations, I said, man, that, that's got a lot of types and figures, man, you know, I don't know who to believe. I don't know what to do. And I start reading, and I'm in, I think, verse, chap, I think I'm in chapter 18 now. And I said, "Woo, my goodness gracious. I believe, that, I believe that the congregation, we need to go through Revelations. I think we need to read Revelations. Because as I already said, that um, a couple of good things are going to happen. He said, we do three things, you're going to be blessed. And, and, and he said, do you want the congregation blessed more than they are now? Yes. Why don't you then uh, look at Revelation and go through it? If you, he said, blessed is the person who does what? Read it and who what? Hears it. If you hear it, somebody got to be reading it to you or you reading it out loud to yourself. Right? And it, it meant, you know, reading it in the congregation because, you know, that's what they want to the seven churches. And also those who what? See, y'all, I forgot the main one. See, I told you how Paul was. It's a blessed person who reads, who hears, and who does or obeys it. Everybody forgets obedience. I don't know why. You know? This is one of those hard words to say. Oh, oh, it's hard. I know it's hard, you know. Let's stand. It's okay to have fun in church, isn't it? Father, we thank you for your word, Lord. We thank you that it's a living thing, Lord. It won't return void. It shall accomplish that which you please. It shall prosper to the thing that you sent it, Lord. And you've given us your word, Lord. You've given us the living word. If there's anyone here who hasn't accepted the living word, Jesus Christ, the word of God, they want to give you that opportunity today. You just raise your hand and put it back down. We'd like to pray for you. Anyone here have to give your life to Jesus Christ? Just raise your hand and put it back, put it back down, please. And I will we'll pray for you. Anybody like that here? Okay. Is anyone here who say, you know, I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, but I have a problem with obedience. And I know that that's a problem I have. And I want to be more obedient than I am today. I know I have not been doing what God has asked me to do. I want to be blessed, and I want my children to be blessed. I want my children's children to be blessed. So therefore, I, it starts with me. You read the word about um, Isaac, what God has told Isaac. That because of Abraham's obedience, then he was blessed. Then I want my children blessed too. I want to come back to you. I want, I want, I want you to pray for me for more obedience. Would you raise your hand and we'll pray for you. Okay, thank you. I hear it. See your hands. Thank you. Would a prayer team come up, please? Thank you, Father.
You know, there are people here that I know that that, that word that we first were giving, how to put pressure on the word of God. How do you put pressure on the word of God? Then I know that the word was for us today because I know that we have, have saints here that, that really, they, they love the Lord, you know, but they want to love Him more and they want to put pressure on, on, on the word of God. They want the things that God has already promised, but we just haven't been fighting. We've been fighting the wrong warfare. Well, sometimes we're fighting, we're fighting against flesh and blood. We think flesh and blood is our problem, but flesh and blood is not our problem. The principalities are our problem. The powers, the rules of darkness, the spiritual weakness in the heavenly places, they are our problem. All we need to do is find a word on it because the enemy is trying to stop up your wells so you won't get any water. So your hairs will die. All your possessions will, will leave. You see, sometimes we go to the doctor, we think that, well, you know, a doctor's a good thing and they are, doctors are good, but they'll sap your money. Believe me now. Believe me. I know because I was in the, in, in, in the hospital. I was in the hospital. $16,000 for the little four days I was in the hospital. Terrible food. Terrible food. $16,000. I'm serious. Yeah, I had to buy the insurance paid 15000 They wanted to extract a 900 out of me. I said, man, come on. I called him. I said, isn't it enough that you got 15000 That you got to try to extract 900 out of me? That's we went round and round and round. I said, okay, I'll pay it. Okay. They will sap your money. Do you hear what I'm saying? You have a little aching pain and you just run to the mercy room. They will, they will wipe you out. You will learn how to stand on the word of God. You will learn how to call, call for, the, for, for the saints to pray for you. We got a prayer team that will come to your house and pray. You know, you know how the old doctors, the physicians used to come to do house calls. We got a, we got a prayer team to come to do house calls. They'll lay hands on you. They'll pray for you. Yeah. Those who raise your hands, I want you to come up. I know, I know this, this, but we're going we're gonna to pray for you today. And because I know it's others too, you know. Uh, just come on up. Just come on up. Don't be bashed for anything. Just come on up. Just come on up. Because you don't want to be ashamed of God because he's not ashamed of you. He loves you. He loves you. We're going to pray. Because I told you we're going to pray. We're going to pray. We're gonna, we're gonna pray. Come on, step out from your places and come on. Don't, don't be ashamed. We are a family. Do you hear what I'm saying? We are a family and everybody loves everybody. We're not here trying to judge anybody. We're not trying to look down on anybody. We're trying to love people. You see? We're trying to love people. And anybody who's gonna look down on somebody, then they have a problem. You know? Of pride. And God resists the proud, proud. He gives Grace to the humble. And I need more grace. Let me pray a general prayer for the ones who raise their hand. And then, then our prayer team, I want you to, after I finish praying, I want you to pray more specific, okay? Father, you saw the ones raise their hand, Lord. They raised their hand. They, they said, Lord, that they want to learn to fight. For what's theirs. They don't want, they don't want the devil stopping up their wells, their source of provision that you've given them, Lord. You've given it to them. They've said that they want to be more obedient, Lord. They want to be more obedient, Lord. 
They've said that, Lord. You saw the hands go up, Lord. So we're asking you, Lord, to do what only you can do, Lord. To meet them at that need, Lord. Because the needs that we were praying for were not just normal, natural needs. Bless me, Lord. We were praying for something so specific, Lord. We were praying for what you, we already know is your will because your will is for us to be more like Jesus. Your will is for us to be obedient, Lord. So we are praying your will. And your word will not return void. So those who raise your hand, you start fighting for the word already that, that if you raise your hand, God's going to meet your need. He's going to bring you back to him. You will start being more obedient to him because the word is active, is alive, is powerful, is sharpened in a two-edged sword. It's going to accomplish that which God pleases. And we thank you for it. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord.